Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brooke. I'm Diana. And this is episode 96. Today, we're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead, season 6, episode 4, and The World Beyond, season 1, episode 5. But before we dive in, how are you doing, Diana? I'm great, Brooke. Awesome. It's Friday night. We got our little wine cups here. Wine our cups. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying our Friday night get together, our remote I know. podcasting. Me too. It's very relaxing. I don't have a baby sneaking in the garage tonight, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> Even though he's pretty cute. He's he is cute. Pet. He's adorable. Funny. Yeah. I was going to say, he'll be podcasting before you know it. He's all, eh, I got the ropes. I know how to do this. Exactly. They're going to know. They're going to be schooling us soon, huh? They're going to know exactly what they need, all the equipment. Yeah. They can definitely, those kids can have their own channel. That's for sure. I know. That's so true. My mother-in-law says that about us as a family. She's like, oh my gosh, you guys need... A TV show. She's like, you guys are so- <gasps> that would be so cool. You guys do well. Your Halloween pictures were amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, every single one of you were so good. I'm not sure what who everybody was exactly, but you guys looked amazing. Oh, thank you. So yeah, our Halloween costumes that was pretty fun. So Gemma designed our family costume, like for uh, me, Gabe, and her costume. And then David just got a dinosaur costume because he um, loves dinosaurs right now, loves dinosaurs. But he only wore his costume for like a cool five minutes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I didn't even want to buy him a costume because I knew he was only going to wear it. Like if he could, if he were able to wear it, he would only have it on for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was the five minutes. And then Dominic was uh, Scream, the horror character. And then... um, Gabriel was uh, 90s The Rock. So do you remember when The Rock came out with that picture where he was wearing the black turtleneck and the fanny pack? Oh. You have to look up that meme. It was so funny. So just look up The Rock fanny pack and you'll find this picture of The Rock. It was viral. It was everywhere. funny. Yes. And so Gabriel decided to be The Rock uh, (laughs) from that period. But... He did a twist on it. He was Maui from Moana, The Rock, 90s. Get it? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that was our Halloween. But my like when my mother-in-law comes over for dinner or anytime, she's just like, you guys need your own show. Like, there's just something always happening in this house. And it's like watching a, a reality a show. show. Yeah, I'm sure. I could see that. That would be fun. You guys should be filming yourselves. That's so cool. Oh, I um uh my son and his girlfriend and their dog, they were dressed in 80s outfits, which and they just stayed home. It was funny. They just yeah. popped some popcorn and watched some movies, but they were like walking around with their 80s costumes. And I was loving it because you know how much That's I love so the cute. 80s. But yeah. it was funny. It was cute. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like a lot of people. I mean, we went out, but we, like, normally we get a couple hundred trick-or-treaters and we didn't get any. Oh my gosh, you get that many? 
I didn't yes. even remember that. That's yeah. a lot. We sell out. We sell out of candy like at eight o'clock. Sell out. Because I'll normally <laughs> buy like two bags, maybe three. Yeah. And then we end up giving away the kids candy from when they trick or treated. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. They do because <gasps> they love answering the door and they don't want to say no to kids. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's so kind. I love that. Yeah, I know. So um, it was it was a really interesting Halloween and it was busy, but uh, I love Halloween. Yeah. I love Halloween. Yeah. So, um, moving forward, I do want to ask you a question. I've been like so excited about um, Fear the Walking Dead. It's getting so good. There's so many twists and turns in this series now. I'm like, wow, what is happening with this? Uh, program it's just gotten so good and in this episode with all the twists and turns manipulation and fall guys tell me if you can what is one of your favorite psycho thrillers that either web together or connect characters and their stories Oh, there's so many. <laughs> you know, we need to do a genre podcast on that, I think. Because I, 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 I can think of... thrillers. Yeah, I, th- I can feel a lot of them. And I think this would be a good topic. <laughs> so we're going to have to get to there. The movie that kind of comes to mind for me is Identity with John Cusack. Mm. It's the one where it's raining and like 10 people end up at this motel and it's storming out. And at the same time, the story is being told uh, with this um, psycho killer um, at some trial or not trial, but in some chambers, he's explaining his story and he's there with his doctor. And so you you see that, but you're not quite sure how it ties in with the story yet. And this uh, at the motel, uh, one by one, people start dying off. And you're like, what? Oh. What's going on? It's crazy. And there's twists and turns in this. And things are not what they seem. And your mind's totally blown at the end of it. It's it's a good movie, and I, it was the first thing that made me uh, um, that came to mind when you asked this question. Have you oh. seen this before? Uh, I don't know if I have. I, I I would have to kind of revisit it to see if I can recall. But off the top of my head, no, I don't know that I've seen it. Yeah, you should watch it. You should look okay. for it, especially if you haven't watched it. Um, I think you would like it because it's, it's, it's good, you know, and it's got the rain and it's dark and people start dying and you're like, what's going on? But I do want to say a show that I've recently talked about that also is very, uh, psycho twister is that show Hannibal, um, that I watched that's on Netflix that was oh man that was really really psycho and twisted and so um i i would i would say that show also there's some good ones out there it's not it's not that uh easy to just like pick you know one so there's a lot i i really do like the movies that 
have different parts. Uh, so like different characters and their stories. And then like, let's just say there's four different stories that tie into one. Oh yeah. And those ones are really good. I love those type of movies and shows. And so the first one that comes to mind where there are multiple stories that tie into one is the movie traffic with Matt Dillon oh. and, um, yes. uh, Ooh, I can't remember a lot of their names, but Sandra Bullock is in it. Yes. And, um, so yeah. And that one has a lot to do with like social justice, you know, as well. So it's not necessarily a psychological thriller per se, but there are different parts of that movie where it's like a puzzle, you know, where it all connects later. And that yes. one's so good. It's really, really good. Yes. Um, a psychological thriller that's just purely disturbing is uh, Funny Games with oh. uh, Naomi Watts and uh, uh, Tim Roth. Really creepy psychological thriller. Like when I think of psychological thriller, I think of that movie forever that movie has Ooh. been in my brain yeah uh, i don't think i've seen that it's very disturbing the first time i watched it i turned it off but then i kept thinking about it and i was trying to go to bed <laughs> and then i turned the tv back on i was like oh fine i will finish watching it but i was like so creeped out i had the light on in the hallway uh yeah it was very weird movie very weird movie but um and then I think that was the only two that I wanted to, to, I had another one on the tip. Oh, the movie Get Out. Get oh, Out yeah. was really good. Yes. That was really good. So I yeah. liked that, how twisted that was. And then it was a very like savior uh, moment at the end too. So yeah, um, there's some good movies out there for like all the twists and turns, psychological thrillers. I love them. I know. So, yeah. Friends out there, share your uh, psychological thrillers with us. Yeah, we want to know what you think. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or on our Screens and Focus Facebook page. You can follow us on our Instagram, subscribe to our website and YouTube channel. The link is in our show notes. Yeah. So, Brooke, what were your overall thoughts of Fear the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 4, The Key? Oh my gosh, this key. There's such a mystery with all these keys. Like, I know. Oh my gosh. Ah, just want to know what's going on. But as we start to see more and more of our characters, I am so happy to say that it just feels really good to see all of these characters in smaller group segments so that we can focus on our characters and what they've been up to. Uh, John and June are a big part of Fear the Walking Dead. And being that the last time we saw them in the last season was just after their wedding and then being separated from each other by Ginny's group. So this episode for me was like, I was waiting for this moment. Yeah. What about you? What did you think about this episode? Oh, so this episode surprised me and I was thrilled by that. You know, I love John Dory, but I was afraid in the beginning. I didn't want him to become settled in this environment. And it seemed like he was, and it didn't sit right with me. But here comes the later half of the episode, and it started checking all the boxes of what I expect from John Dory and the Walking Dead universe. We definitely have a villain, and it was such a great episode. I really enjoyed it. So what did you, what stood out to you in this episode, Brooke? 
Oh, goodness. Well, of course, John, you know, I was very happy to see him. And John, he's sending June, his wife, letters through Janice. And I like the subtlety in hearing him narrate his letter, explaining how his father became a police officer, and later himself, John, believed that people deserve to live in a world where they know which way is up, but they can't know it until someone helps them know it. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting point of view. I, too, love the narration and how he talked about his father. And the letter writing gave such a nostalgic feel that I really enjoyed. Yes. And then there was that scene where Cameron was found tangled in his own barbed wire fence. And he was like being eaten by walkers. And so there we go. We have an investigation on our hands. It was like that game. Um, if, I don't know if you've ever played it, the game Clue. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how I felt this episode was like, oh, we have to figure out what is happening. Who did it? This. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. was it? So, well, I don't think it was too hard to figure that part out on us as the audience, <laughs> but uh, maybe not specifically, but, you know, who masterminded that. But I have to say, I was afraid for John uh, because he was too investigative for Ginny and Lawton. I thought, oh, my God, he's going to get himself killed because he's digging so much uh, because they just all wanted to bury it and chalk it up to an accident. And but John couldn't let things lie. And he he had to figure things out. And oh, my gosh, when he dug up that grave uh, where they had buried Cameron and those walkers started falling on him one after the other. Oh, my gosh. I was so scared. He was trapped and he couldn't mm-hmm. get his arm free to defend himself. And then all of a sudden he was able to, like, get that walker and, like, slam him into that shovel. And I was like, oh, my God. I was just like their little chomping mouths were so close to his body. <laughs> I, I was scared. I was scared. And um, but I I knew I was hoping and I and I really felt that John uh, would have to do the right thing and follow his gut. And he tells Rabbi Jacob about his father and how he did the right thing, but that it cost him all his relationships. And now John is in the same predicament. And, um, you know, he can't help but do what he thinks is right, even if it costs him his safety or being with June forever. So this is why I love John Dory so much. He's just, I just love his, um, that he has to do the right thing. And you know what? To tell you the truth, it reminds me of Rick. Because Rick would do things, you know, like in season one when he had to go back for Merle. And, you know, and everybody's all, don't go back for Merle. You finally, you know, reunite with your wife and your child and you're going to go save somebody else. But that's how Rick was. And I feel like John is that way too, right? And they're both... Uh, law enforcement so something in them is where they have to do the right thing um, and find out like the real story so one of the biggest moments that stood out stood out to me and I was on the edge of my seat was when he confronted Strand and he clocked him in the head with that gun even though I know Strand is ultimately trying to keep him out of danger 
I was thrilled with this part. You know, it might be bad for me to say, but I loved the fight. Um, I mean, even though it was between two of our people, you know, and our group, I wanted John to win. I felt the intensity he was feeling at that moment. He wanted to save Janice, and he couldn't. And maybe he felt guilt if he had just left things alone. Um, I don't know, but I do also appreciate that Strand was watching out for John. Exactly, exactly. I thought so too. And, you know, as much as Strand feels like he's, or as much as um, Strand may appear to be playing both sides, I still think ultimately, I'm hoping that he has a plan, kind of like Eugene in The Walking Dead. Like, mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm hoping that there's something that, I mean, even if it is, like you say, like having to throw people under the bus or, you know, have yeah. people fall for these other um, crimes just to get the, them all out. I think I'm hoping because I really do uh, like Strand, his character. Yeah. Even when he was kind of a bad guy or yeah. is a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> but Janice ended up admitting to having an affair with Cameron. And so she then decided to take the fall for his death, which she was simply just done with Lawton. I mean, when she found John, when John found out that Cameron was killed, John wanted to help Janice get out of jail or get out of the situation. But then Janice tried to get John to take all of her and Cameron's supplies that they were going to use to run away. So he, she wanted John to run away with June. Yeah. But when he went to break Janice free, she was already dead with her hands tied. And then this blaring boombox was attracting walkers toward her. And it was just brutal. Yeah. I thought that was so horrible. I mean, Ginny is the worst. She explained that story to John and then did exactly that. So she was definitely sending him a message. Right. And you're right. right. It was so brutal because she could have just killed her or however. But the, the, the manner yeah. in which she did it was horrific. So well, yeah, every step of the way. I mean, planting the jewel in her pocket and, yeah, you know, just like. Yeah, it's just, she definitely planned all this out. Yeah. But she's saving uh, John, which I find very interesting. I almost feel like she'd want these people to be gone, like out of her hair, but she's not, she's just keeping them close, right? She doesn't, um, she's not getting yeah. rid of them. So it's all very interesting. Like you were saying earlier, it's like, what's her plan? What's her plan? Like she must have a plan that we don't really fully understand yet because we don't understand what she's exactly in control of yet. Yeah. So, and we're finding it out little by little. Right. Because she did that with uh, strand at the molasses plant. Yes, exactly. So she's like grouping them or, I don't, well, and then later in this episode, we see, what else she decides to do. So, um, or, you know, how else she adds to this plan. So we also see uh, Morgan at the beginning and the end. And so uh, Daniel leaves Morgan a note 
and clothing from the vehicle Grace was taken in, and he gives it to the hound. I thought this was so cute. He gives the the piece of clothing to the hound and asks him how it works, and it was just such a cute moment between him and this dog. Um, I just love it when they bring in these animals and just their conversations and relationships with them. And at the end of the episode, we see that Morgan is talking to the hound again about arriving at Gulch soon. And suddenly he gets slammed by a truck, which scared the heck out of me. And it's the guys who want the key. And then Morgan tells them to stay back. But they don't. And then Morgan has to gut them with his new weapon. And I have to say, Morgan is making me love him more and more as time goes by. I don't like violence in like real life, but for some reason in this show, I love it. It's so cool. I'm like, yes. So it's just funny. It's just interesting. I know. I love it. I love it. I know. And, And I love the little touch with the dog. And him yeah. talking to the dog, and the dog's like, mm, I'm I know. I know. He's so <laughs> cute with those ears. Yeah. What other thoughts did you have, Brooke, about this episode? Yeah, I don't know. What is going on with Lawton and Ginny? I'm just so confused with her manipulative position in power. I mean, we saw that uh, she kept John, you know, after all his investigative work and figuring everything out. And then we see. Um, how she brought or kept Strand uh, and, and and promoted him as a ranger, right? And then June, like she, John just gets June. And I'm like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand because he was sneaking letters to, to June and then he got caught because Cameron. I, so I just don't understand. Like, why is she trying to keep these people our group, our original group, yeah. alive and well, and to giving them these uh, executive positions, you know, giving them benefits, like he has his wife back now. So, uh, yeah. I feel it's to keep him under her control. Because now that I'm thinking she's thinking, look, I gave you something. And... You know, he had to keep his mouth shut. He did not. Can you imagine what it was like after having this person die kind of because you blew it up and (laughs) brought attention to it? Now they had to blame somebody and Janice takes the fall and then they kill her. He must have felt so horrible. And then she goes in in front of everybody. She's giving him a key and telling him that he, you know, did all this great stuff and he's a hero he must be feeling so bad and then the fact that she's read all the letters that he was sending you know back and forth and i think he was shocked about that because he thought oh these letters are getting back and forth to her safely and he says and then she says something to him like oh your dad would be proud of you so it just goes to show you that she's in everything and i think she gave brought june back to to just make him feel guilty and grateful for having her there and just to keep him in line. That's what I think she's doing. And also, I think she's planning something that we don't really know. Um, I think also with Strand, she knows how Strand's uh, mind works. And she thinks, oh, if I give him power, he'll he'll stay under my control. But I think this is really going to backfire for her. And they're all going to, you know, rally up and <laughs> do their yes. thing. 
Yeah. So, but I also thought it was interesting that um, it's been 246 days. So there's been a time jump here from mm. when Morgan's first episode, because I think he mentioned how long it had been a couple weeks since uh, when he was wounded and now he's fully healed. And now uh, in the letter writing, uh, John talks about how many days. I'm like, what? That's like a couple months shy of a year, a few months shy of a year. I'm thinking it's been that mm -hmm. long. Wow. Yeah. And then Dakota, uh, I, I'm still liking her. I think she's going to be instrumental in helping the group because she keeps giving them. I hope she doesn't turn around and be, you know, a backstabber or anything. I don't think so. But, um, you know, she keeps trying to get out of there, too. And I think she's trying to help them. So I'm hoping that will continue. And then I thought it was interesting that John had a rotten tooth. And at the end, he has to pull it out on his own. They have a dentist. I don't know why he doesn't go to the dentist, but he doesn't. And he pulls it out. So I just wondered if that was a metaphor for like, you know, pulling out the bad and roots and all. I don't know. I, I don't know. Because why else would they put this with this tooth? You know, why, why did it play an important part in the beginning and in the end? So. Oh, maybe, maybe his conscience. Could be, know. yeah, I don't know. It could be a number of things, but it had some significance. So. Okay, wait, what was it what? that he said in the beginning? He said, people deserve to live in a world where they know which way is up, but they yeah. can't know it until someone helps them know it. Yeah. So then June came back. He pulled the tooth. So that's maybe his metaphor. She's the one that helps him know it. I don't know which way is up because if June wasn't there, would like he was going to leave or he was going to go like become this Ginny's prodigy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe now this tooth has really released something so that he knows which way is up and he can continue to go because that's what he was taught by his father. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe something like that. I know, I know. It could be that so letter has something important value to this episode as well as June at the end of this coming yeah. back. So I yeah. think those two influences coincide, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But the truth is the metaphor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just very interesting. Oh, you know, I want to share one thing that I should have brought up earlier, but it just uh, dawned on me right now is that, and this has to do with The Walking Dead, um, I heard that Negan's wife and not Negan sorry Jeffrey Dean Morgan his wife uh, I don't know if it's Hilaria Burton I may be saying her name incorrectly but it's his real life wife she is going to be uh, Lucille and in, uh, in uh, she's going to play Lucille his wife when they resume those extra episodes about their lives Oh. Or, oh are they in so flashbacks maybe I think so I think so and so She's going to play his, or, you know, his, she's his real life wife, but she'll be playing his on-screen wife, which is going to be really interesting. Yeah. So it'll be fun to watch that. Aww. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. So, Brooke, after watching this episode, I want to know who you would give your award to. What was your favorite quote, character, or moment? 
Oh, yes. Well, I actually like the quote from Strand that she, Janice, was always going down. I saved you from going down with her. So typical Strand, right? Yeah. I mean, I do uh-huh. love the bad in Strand, and it just complicates things. So I would say that I loved that moment with Strand and John. Like, oh, she was going down. She was always the fall girl, you know? I know. But I saved you from going down with her. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel like that was pretty, pretty strong. And... I wouldn't say reckless, but like, he just, I mean, he knows who he's looking out for. And she was just the decoy. Well, even the rabbi was on the same boat. I mean, he didn't know, he didn't know exactly what Strand was going to do, but he was on the same boat as Strand. So that was, at first I was like, what? But I'm like, you're a rabbi. (laughs) I know. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So uh, what was your favorite character quote or moment? Well, it's interesting. I have a favorite quote too from this uh, episode. It was, this place destroys everything. So Janice said these words to John. And after Janice is executed, John feels betrayed and he he mutters these words too. And I'm thinking this is can be the motivation to keep fighting against Ginny and her crew. And, you know, hopefully it'll just bring our group together. Mm. Maybe yeah. that has to do with the tooth. <laughs> the the tooth be. destroys and you gotta yank it out. So now they gotta yank Ginny out of this place and just toss her and get rid of her i don't know Um, who knows (laughs) i don't know yeah we'll be contemplating this metaphor of this i know what does this tooth really mean (laughs) yeah exactly okay so diana did you watch the walking dead the world beyond episode four i did i did so I was wondering when Hope was going to figure out that she killed Elton's mom and she finally did with seeing that picture because he opened up uh, his binder or his folder that he has and it had a picture of her and you could see her face like, oh my gosh, that's the woman I killed when I was a kid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And also it was good to see Elton's backstory and... Um, because it, you know, it just, it feeds a lot into this. So, um, yes, you'll, you'll have to watch this. And, uh, I was also happy, uh, that Hope called out Felix and Huck on their plan and Elton on their plans because, you know, Huck and, uh, Felix and Elton were trying to get them to go back home and, uh, Hope overheard them. And she's like, no, 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 no. What are you guys planning? And she just calls him out on it. And I just love that. I I think out of all of them, she's the one that's sticking out to me. So awesome. um, uh, she has a backbone. And so uh, it's good to see her. And I was also happy to see them get their vessel into the water. And they had walkers chasing them or pff, not even chasing them. They were like 
slow moving the slowest moving walkers i've ever seen and they were moving slow i'm like you if you guys don't get away from these walkers then that's pretty sad because they're walking at <laughs> 0.5 miles per hour oh you know my gosh. and they're trying to get the the boat the their vessel into the water because uh, they're trying to cross the river and uh it's so like it, uh, yeah. in austin powers and when they're in that warehouse and he has the like that steamroller and he's like get out of the way move and the guy's like ah just waiting to be rolled smushed by the steamroller <laughs> you're like go out of the way that's funny <laughs> yeah exactly oh my gosh okay cool i cannot wait to i yeah i, I i'm loving the walking dead the world beyond i love the the young character moments uh and their uh explorations and 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 typical young people i mean i was a young person like them where i wanted to explore and i didn't care at what cost sometimes i'm like I don't care if I get grounded. I'm still gonna get. I'm still gonna go. You know, you're such a rebel. And and when I would get home, I'm like, oh well, I had a good time. Now uh, I'm grounded for a month. <laughs> oh um, and so they're just like so strong-willed at their determination, but yet they they're so inexperienced, and the writers and the directing, and they're still. Uh, uh, showcasing their inexperience. And I just think that yeah. it's really good for us to see uh, them evolve. And it's like how in The Walking Dead, Father Gabriel was like so terrified, scared, oh, oh, shivering in the woods, so scared, can't do it. Uh. Yeah. And then uh, these kids are kind of, and then eventually Father Gabriel is like a slayer, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so these kids at being young and learning and, and that's training, that's tactical training. I've been researching Aztec and Mayan culture civilization from the ancient civilization and that's exactly uh what it, it what it entails your your youth you are exposed you um you help you do learn tactical training but uh it's when you mature is when you can actually fight and become in battle um probably because you're used to the surrounding and so these kids they need to Sometimes you just need to dive in head first. My mom always told me to test the water, but I always dove in head first. <laughs> Thankfully, there was still water oh, and goodness. it wasn't empty. But Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. So Very interesting. <laughs> and it's fun to watch these, these young people in the universe. I just, I love it. I do. Totally. Yeah. Oh, next week. Uh, I think uh, they're introducing uh, maybe at least one new character, which will be interesting. I like that when they find people on the road along the way. Yeah, so cool. they're going to find somebody. Um, and so I think that'll put a new twist on this. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Nice. Um, so, Brooke, uh, what else are you currently watching? Well, um, I watched a movie, uh, it's, it was made in the nineties, I believe, or maybe even the uh, early two thousands. I want to say nineties, but it was, uh, the craft and it's a movie about these four high school girls and they all are unique and they have, uh, abilities. And when they are grouped together with the fourth 
person, they have these uh, stronger witchcraft abilities. And so they form the craft and they're friends and they all have individual personalities and um, they look physically different. Their lives are completely different. And so each of them uh, want to change something about their life. Like one girl wants to, wants revenge on a boy because he spread rumors about her. So she cast a spell on him. And another girl wants to be, she no longer wants to be, um, trash, like, like, you know, trailer trash. So her mom, uh, her mom's boyfriend or husband dies and they get his life insurance. So then they're out of the poorhouse. And then another girl, she has, her body is scarred and, uh, she casts a spell to that. She'll be beautiful and her body is healed. The other girl gets back at, um, a bully and, um, totally casts a spell on her bully and ruins her life. So this movie, um, I introduced it to my, my young ones. <laughs> I love to watch all different types of movies with my kids, but you know, um, like when I watch movies like this with the kids, I do talk to them about it so that they understand that this is not real because it was very realistic when it came to these young girls in high school and they're like playing around with witchcraft. They go to the, the, uh, witchcraft boutique and they're learning about witchcraft, which I have to then t teach my kids, you know, our beliefs and morals that these are just movies. Like when I was younger and I watched this movie, like, yeah, I wanted to be a witch, you know, I wanted to like <laughs> cast spells too. Yeah. So I have to ensure my kids, like, I've never been able to cast a spell. I don't know if they're, you know, if people can really do that. So, um, but I did watch it with my kids and they loved it. It was like, so now we play around in the house. We're like, light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff oh, as a board. So my we're gosh. like playing and, <laughs> yeah. and it's fun. And I really love that movie. And I haven't seen this movie in so long. So I was so glad to revisit this movie again. Um, I watched that and then, um, I, I love my PBS shows and documentaries and news. And so I ended up catching up on one of my, uh, programs called Nova and that program is extremely scientific where I learned so much about the world. And in this particular episode of Nova, it was about climate change and specifically focused on the industry and the facilities where they are experimenting with projects to help battle climate change. Because you hear a lot about climate change and fossil fuel and like solar and stuff like that, but there's more to it uh, than those industries. I mean, our clothes that we wear, um, are causing, uh, uh, and creating, um, carbon dioxide. And so that's, that's harmful, uh, and creating the climate change. The, there's so many different facilities so many millions and billions of dollars in research. And in this show, this episode of Nova, I was so pleased to see how many women scientists there were uh, interviewed in this show. And it just made me feel so empowered by how much research is going on and how many women I can look up to 
as uh, intelligent people figuring this out. I mean, it's I definitely have my views and opinions on climate change, but the research that they're doing, this episode proved that they are actually doing something about it. So if people want to know a little bit, tune in to Nova and find out what they're doing about climate change around the world. Wow. And okay. even here in our Bay Area in Palo Alto, they're already doing some really cool stuff. And um, big facility in Iceland, which is extremely just mind-blowing, mind-blowing um, experiments, you know, and uh, all these super smart people. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, decided to nerd out on my programs this week. I've missed them. I've yeah. had so many recorded that I just haven't been able to catch up with. So, Oh, that's nice. That. Yeah, you haven't yeah. watched those in a while. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good subject, too. Yeah, it is. So um, what have you watched within this past week? I am watching The Undoing, which is on HBO, and it stars Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant. Um, they are a well-to-do couple with a son at an elite private school in New York. And everything starts to unravel after meeting a seductive stranger and a murder occurs. And so it's a great psychological thriller. I really, I've only seen two episodes because it comes out on Sunday evenings and uh, only only two have come out. But I was like, oh, it's over. When I saw when it had 10 minutes and I was dying because I'm like, no, I need more. And so I'm already hooked. And Nicole Kidman is awesome. It's funny because she reminds me a little bit of um, Big Little Lies, you know, how she was on oh, there. Yeah. And um, so it's just... You know, you know, in a mystery, right? Because that's what happened to her on that one, too. Um, so with, you know, her husband. And so right. anyways, it's it's good. She's really good. And uh, uh, I'm just really intrigued. And I cannot wait till uh, to watch the next episode. So I would totally recommend this, even though I've only seen two episodes. I'm totally hooked. Awesome. Um, also, there's a new season of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. And I've only seen one episode so far, and it was with Kim Kardashian West. And I love his interviews. I I didn't used to watch David Letterman. And now I'm really sad that I didn't because he is a great interviewer. I feel like he really... Um, He's super genuine in his interviews. He really wants to know the person. Uh, whatever it is that they do or contribute, he values. And I feel, and then he's also funny. Like he says, com you know, comical things. So I love that about him. And I just think he's an amazing interviewer. And I really liked hearing about Kim Kardashian West and how she's, you know, um, studying to be a lawyer. And uh, it, it's just very uh, in interesting. So I feel like you should tune in. Um, it, it just would be it's great. So and she there's other uh, episodes, but I've only watched that one. And awesome. that sounds cool. The I, movie... I saw the preview for that. Yeah. 
of course I want to watch. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to watch Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I want to know. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was good. Um, so on Halloween, we watched The Witch from 2015. I had not seen this before. Uh, it's a supernatural horror film written and directed by Robert Eggers in his feature directorial debut. And the film stars Anya Taylor-Joy, who is the actress that plays in The Queen's Gambit that I spoke of in episode 95. So, and I, that's on Netflix, uh, The Queen's Gambit, and that's really good. But it was interesting to see her in The Witch first and then see her in the Netflix series. So um, I hear she's getting a lot of buzz around her performances. So it was, uh, it was fun to watch. I wanted to watch something, um, you know, a little frightening, a little scary on Halloween. So that's what, that's what I chose. That sounds good. So, Brooke, thank you for your recommendations and your thoughts on Fear the Walking Dead and the world beyond. And um, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in. And we hope something that we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. If you could do us a big favor and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we need your feedback. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We will also be uploading a new episode in a couple of weeks. Our next shows will be on Fear the Walking Dead, season six, episodes five and six, and the world beyond. So you can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.